God is at work through His local church and through the teaching of His Word. This morning on MyBridge Radio, we are pleased to share a favorite message from Christ Place. Here's Pastor Rick Lorimer. I'm, I'm going to ask you all some, some questions about Christmas and kind of your sentiment with Christmas. So here we go. All show a hand. And listen, you guys, we're, no one's going to be shaming anybody here, so you can be completely honest. How many of you are a lot like me? You just can never get enough of the Christmas music. Come on, show of hands. Yeah, okay. Yeah, about half, half the crowd. Okay, very good. How about, here's another question. You're that person that loves all of the, the lighting and, you know, the decor of Christmas. Even if you have to put up with your neighbor's yard art with the blown up snowman, you still like all the lights of Christmas. Come on, if you like the lights and the decor, oh, oh, okay, there you go. Some of you despise the snowman. Okay, I see how you are. Here's the other thing about Christmas, right? It's, it's usually around family and friends, or maybe it's wishing you had a special someone, but there's this like relationship component. So now I'm getting a little bit more personal, but how many would say, you know, Christmas is a little bit more challenging because of the relationship dynamics? Come on, it's okay to be honest. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. How many would say, even though it's challenging, I so love the idea of family and friends, I still always, even though maybe you get disappointed, I always look forward to Christmas. Come on, that's me right there, right? You know, I can't tell how many times I get, it get blows up my face, but I keep always looking forward to it, right? Now, for the super vulnerable question, you guys are doing really good, although you guys haven't seen anything, no hands so far. Okay, hang in there. I'm, I'm, I'm still with you. You got red on. That's good. Okay, so, so here's a question. How many would say it's all about the food? Come on, you just, yeah, oh, that was quick. It's like, bring, yeah, it's all about the food, loving the food. How about it's all the above? You just like Christmas as a whole. Okay, uh, that's really cool. Now I'm going to zero in, and we're going to get a little bit more to the contentment side of this season, right? How many of you would really love it, and you would feel like it's a little bit more like Christmas if life was just a little bit more tame, less busyness? If that's you, you just would love to see less busyness. Yeah, okay, that's legit. That's legit. Uh, how many would say you would really appreciate Christmas if it was less commercial? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, no doubt. I hear that. Totally hear that. Now, maybe it feels unrelated to Christmas, but every year you're reminded of this. Maybe you're that person, you're not in the career field, or you haven't yet landed maybe the job that you feel like is what you really thought you'd be doing. Like you kind of dreamed maybe you'd be coaching an NFL team or you know, you'd be like having your own office with a big window in the corner of a three-story building or eight-story building, but all you have is a cubicle. Um, you know, you just, things haven't worked out with your job. And let's just be really honest. Or maybe you have a really great job, but you just don't enjoy what you do. If that's you, you just wish you had a different job. Raise your, if your boss is here, keep your hand down. But raise your hand if that's you. Okay, you just wish you had another job. Thank you for your honesty. Three of you were vulnerable. Thank you for that. How many would say it really has nothing to do with your job? You love what you do. You love what you do. Just times are tight right now, and you wish you could do more. So it's really a cash issue. You just wish you had more cash. Let's be really super real here. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you just wish you had more cash. Totally get that. Um, how many of you would be way more content if I just stopped asking questions? Okay. <laughs> yeah, all of you. All right, okay, I'm all my pastor. Like, get over with the pastor. Um, okay, here's where I'm kind of going with this. Christmas has a way of exposing our restlessness and even our discontentment with life as a whole. And... And ultimately, it, it shows us this need for hope. I mean, because hope is, is directly connected to contentment and joy. Hope is that 
that part of us that's looking forward to something, the anticipation, the expectations of what is to come. Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs says that the heart, the soul of man or woman, without hope is sick. Is sick. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I didn't wake up last Christmas and find a Lexus with a bow wrapped around it in my driveway last Christmas. And there is, <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. You be quiet. Um, just because you got the Lexus doesn't mean, you know, you got to show off. Um, the, the point is, though, the commercialization has a way of really highlighting, almost discipling us to be discontented in life. And it, it has a way of kind of blowing up on us. Uh, society, society tells us, I mean, let's just super real, right? Society tells us that if only I had the right stuff. If only I had the right job, if only I had the right spouse, if only I had the right relationship, if only I, if only I had the right family, then I'd be content. You know, it's so easy to be discontented. It's so easy to, to have the hope for those things and then to be disappointed. And I don't think it's just because of the commercialization. I think the commercialization highlights something that's in us. And this is, I'd like to kind of point this out this, this weekend as we open up our Christmas series and welcoming people with, at, you know, here at Christ Place for Christmas. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Ecclesiastes, <laughs> of all places, Ecclesiastes, come on somebody, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I want you to hear uh, what we learn about ourselves here. Come on, I need to lean in a little bit here. I don't want December to be a blur in your mind like it has been for so many years. And I'm praying that God gives us a lens that allows us to filter out the commercialization, to really calibrate our heart for what Christmas really means. Look what we learn here about ourselves. Yet God has made everything, verse 11, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. I want to just focus on that one statement. There's there's a lot there to unpack, and I don't have time for all of it. I just want to focus on that one statement that says, God has planted eternity in the human heart. In Genesis, we learn that, that we're actually made in the image of God. That there's this eternity, this eternal gap, this gap of eternity in us that can only be fulfilled by God. Now think on that with me for a second. If you grew up in church, maybe you heard pastors talk about that hole in your heart that could only be filled by God. Or maybe you're new to Christianity in church and, and you're learning for the first time that when you were created in the image of God, he created this part of you that only he could fill. That's that gap of eternity. So here's the problem, and here's what Christmas in our secular society really highlights, is that we keep trying to fill the eternity in us with temporary things from this world. We try to fill the eternal with the temporal, and, and it creates that discontentedness. And, and, and so it is. I, I, I want us to really recognize that God has put it this eternity in us, but we keep trying to fill it with temporary stuff. It's, it works for a while, right? 
It does. You get that job, you get that raise in your job, and it's fun for a while. You get that new job, it's nice. I promise you, you talk to all the people that are now divorced, when they first married that person, that they later divorced, that day they got married, it was a high mark. It was a high water mark. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. It filled them with great joy and hope. But it was temporary. We have these high water marks and these temporary things we keep. We, and you know what we do? We just push hope down the road a little farther. It never being filled. We have such a short memory. We keep trying to fill the eternal gap in us with what's temporary. And it's like contaminated gasoline. You put that in your car and your car will run for a while. But eventually that sand is going to clog up the engine. And that's what we see in our broken world. Is that people keep trying to fill the eternal with the temporary. I love how C.S. Lewis really highlighted this essence of who we are made in the image of God and how we have this gap of eternity in us and how he worded it. He said this, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. How beautiful. And so it is. In this madness of our world, in our attempt to fill the gap of eternity with temporary things, God sends his only son, the advent of God. If you have your Bibles, go to John's gospel, chapter one with me. I want you to read this with me. It's beautiful. Here's how John starts his gospel. And it mirrors Genesis. Listen to what he says. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you see, what's beautiful about this is we learn right in the very beginning that Jesus is not a creation. He wasn't created by God. He was there in the beginning. He is God. He's, he's God himself. And he is eternal. Therefore, it's only in Christ and his reign and rule in our hearts that that gap can ever be filled. Colossians 1.27 says this. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And God looks for us to no longer allow ourselves to be distracted in a secular society of horrid, horrid commercialization to miss the intervention of heaven to save humanity. This weekend, I want to highlight two things from that passage in John's gospel. Here's the first one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down or you can follow on the YouVersion app that only Jesus can fill the gap of eternity in us. That in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word 
the word was with God and the word was God and in him was life and the life was the light of man. He's not only, not only is Jesus eternal, but he gives us this life, that Greek word for life there is zoe. It's a, a life that doesn't need to be manufactured. It's a life that you cannot find from another person. It's a spark that will never come from a job or a relationship. And this is why for 2,000 years, the church, the big C church, has celebrated the advent of Christ. Now, it wasn't around the first couple hundred years. But when Christianity became standardized, pastors realized they had to do something to, to capture people's hearts, to, to calibrate people's hearts, to actually worship the true giver of life, the only one that could fill that eternal gap in us. And so they created this Advent season. Advent, if you're wondering, Rick, okay, Advent, I've heard that when I grew up, when maybe you were in a more traditional church. Advent, just literally, it just means coming or arrival, or the inbreaking. See, the Advent season celebrates the advent of God, which is the arrival of God coming onto the scene of human history as a baby in a manger. It's, it's almost ludicrous. We call it Christmas, but it's really the story of the advent of God. It's, it's the coming of hope to the world, church. It's, it's the inbreaking of God into the human events in an unprecedented way. And it's so easy to get lost and distracted and, and focusing on the temporal. But I'm asking you to let God do something that calibrates your heart towards his hope. And here's my promise to you. And I don't do a lot of this. But if you allow the renewing of your hope in Christ, it will displace wrong priorities and it will deflate, deflate the balloon pain of unmet expectations. But you have to let the Holy Spirit renew in you the hope of Christ. It's my prayer that you'll be on this month-long journey with me that calibrates our heart to experience Christmas from a sacred and deeply personal, and make it a deeply personal experience. I want, this may be too much to ask for, but I want you to have the same anticipation, the same hope, man, as those surrounding the very first Christmas. Would that not be beautiful? See, Christmas, Christmas not only tells us that only Jesus fills that gap of eternity in us, but Christmas tells us something else which you will not find in Tinseltown, USA. Here's number two. The world is a dark place. Yeah, not only does Jesus fill the gap of eternity, but the world is a dark place. Look what Scripture says, that, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, this is profound. You won't hear this talked about, though, during the Christmas season. But the world is a dark place. See, the message of Christmas gets lost in the nostalgia, in the sentimentality of Christmas. We've become mesmerized by a, a picture-perfect Christmas. But it wasn't lost on Isaiah the prophet, who foretold of Jesus six to 700 years prior to Christ's birth. And I want you to listen to his language about the darkness of our world and the advent of God. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Isaiah 9. If not, we'll, we'll stick it up on the screens for you. Verse 1. 
Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Nephtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Listen to verse 2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. What a promise. Drop down to verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, come on, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. An announcement of this wonderful advent, the coming, the breaking in of God, the intervention of God into humanity. Look at the honesty of Isaiah about the darkness. You see, the Christmas message, the, the, the message of Christmas, not culture's version, but the Bible version of Christmas is honest about the darkness. Christianity acknowledges that things are worse than the most pessimistic analysis will ever admit. That's the Merry Christmas story. We're in this dark world. Nevertheless, there is hope. I love how God names the darkness. Then he steps into the darkness and he announces, and he announces, I pray into your soul. Nevertheless. No matter what your circumstances, your situation, there is a light that can shine. Church, we have a nevertheless kind of hope. Your greatest hope isn't going to come from the mystic or the economist or the court judge or the politician or the therapist or the intellectual elite. Your hope is in this announcement. It's dark. Nevertheless. A light has dawned. Hope has come. And the good news is that that this hope has a name. He's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. Look forward, we're going to talk about peace next weekend. But you got to start with the hope. Because if we don't, we're going to keep trying to fill gap of eternity with everything is temporary. The greatest relationships you have on earth, even they are temporary. Some of you are feeling the loss this Christmas. Nevertheless, come on. So we have some options. You all have options. I'm going to give you four options. This Christmas season, Christmas tells us there's a gap. Okay, let's just re, let's review. Christmas tells us there's this gap of eternity in us that only Jesus can fill. Christmas tells us, though you don't hear about it, that it's a really dark world, right? So here's your options with this darkness. You can stick your head. Here's option number one. You can stick your head in the sand, and you can stay super busy, and you can throw yourself into the nostalgia of Christmas and the sentimentalism and just get busy and and go into debt, buying lots of gifts and just numb yourself to the hopelessness in our world. You can just, just 
get so busy that you don't have to think about the brevity of your own life. That's option one. Here's option two. You can become so consumed with the pursuit of pleasures and sensual self-indulgences that you have no boundaries. It's called hedonism. You can be just so about, man, filling up all your own desires to do whatever you want to do. I mean, if the ship is sinking and humanity is lost and there's no hope and we're all in this fast lane to eternal destruction, I might as well eat, drink, and party myself to death. That's option two. Here's option three. Option three is you join the, the educated atheists who simply say you might as well embrace the despair and do it with dignity. Because all you are is an accidental collision of molecules. And so the best you can hope for is to make life a little bit better for those who are on this sinking ship with you called humanity and just be kind. But embrace the despair. There's three options. One, deny. It's dark out here. Two, hedonism. Just go for the pleasures. Party as hard as you can, because hey, everyone's going to die. Life is short. Three, be more academic. Respect yourself enough to embrace the despair and be honest about it, that Life has nothing beyond this life, but you can sure help everyone else have a nicer life. Here's option four. You can believe in the hopefulness of the nevertheless Christmas. You can believe. And you can let God do something so deep in your soul that it's not ethereal, but it becomes tangible that it becomes a hope that you will not hide or hoard. That you will let God do something so deep in you that you become an ambassador of his light. Man, I love how Isaiah words, words this. I want to put it up with, on the screens one more time for you. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Isaiah is describing Christmas and the coming of Jesus. Now, I want you to notice how he describes it. He, he says light has dawned. If it's dawned, it means the light didn't come from within. It has, it has come upon us. John says the light has shined in the darkness. It didn't come and emanate from humanity coming up with great ideas to save the world. See, Christmas, this is, why, this is why Christmas matters to us. Whether or not it's Jesus' really birthday is inconsequential. Get off that, would you? I mean, I don't know about you, but if no one knew when I was really born, it would sure still be nice to have a birthday. So let's celebrate it, but let's not get lost in the nostalgia in Tinseltown, USA, and let's recognize this for what it is. This... That the birth of Christ was, was an intervention for us. And it's a light that we discover 
It has to come from outside of us, from beyond us. It's an, inter, it's an intervening light that has to dawn upon us. It, it doesn't exist within us. You can't manufacture this kind of hope. For many people, some here, if you're honest, Christmas is nothing more than temporary. It's a lot of warm fuzzies and nostalgia and Frosty the Snowman and dreams of a white Christmas while chestnuts are roasting on an open fire. And that message isn't just a little bit different than the real message of Christmas. It's diametrically opposed to it. See, the real message of Christmas is not sentimentalism or nostalgia. It's a living truth about the intervention of God into human history. And it's the reality has a life-altering, eternal consequences for us. That it's a dark world. Yes, it's dark out there. Nevertheless, we have one who stepped into the gap of eternity within our souls, and he shines a light of hope to the world. If God's given you this, this life, he's, he's given you this hope, you cannot contain it. And so it is, I'm asking you, in the midst of the darkness, to share this light with others. That you would invite some people to join you in this journey, this devotional, even if they're not Christians. Have them join us. And something else, you can invite them. I'm going to ask everybody to invite at least five people to church. And it just becomes a discussion point. I mean, the least they can say is no, but, but you see, the hope in you can't be contained. We're going to do something a little different. As a church, we're going to be lighting a a candle each week. There's, as you're seeing, maybe up here on the stage, there's five candles. And there's going to be a hope candle. There's, there's a, a, a peace candle, a love candle, a joy candle, and then what's called the Christ candle. And each week we'll light a different candle. And the first candle is the hope calendar, and it will culminate Christmas Eve. And we're going to do something we really haven't done in a long time, and We've done glow sticks for a long time on Christmas Eve, but we're going to actually light real candles and they're all going to come from the Christ candle. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to take this house that's going to be dark and we're going to see what happens when God's light is touching our lives and how much light it gives everyone else. It's going to be beautiful. So it is this weekend, we celebrate hope of Christ folks I don't know what's going on in your life but God wants you to know his hope I mean church advent church the advent is the proclamation of Christ's hope for us is there a gap in our hearts yes but Christ fills it is it dark out there yes but Christ brings light and hope for us Are people going to be consumed with the temporary? Yeah, but not you. Not this year. Because you're going to be receiving the other world, an otherworldly hope that can only come from God. Can only come from God. If you're with me today and you're a Christ follower, I'm going to ask you just to take a second and to open up your hands on your lap. And allow me to pray with you for just a moment. This candle burns. 
Lord, we ask that we not allow this Christmas season to suck us into the consumerism and the deception of the temporary. But rather, oh God, we ask you to help us in real tangible ways. Not only find our hope, discover our hope in you, but discover our hope in you when it comes to relationships and when it comes to our workplace, when it comes to our finances. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us this morning for a favorite message from Pastor Rick Lorimer from Christ Place. If you'd like to hear this message again or more like it, check out Heard On Air on the MyBridge Radio app or online at mybridgeradio.net.